So today's podcast, I'm joined by, I was going to say fellow Scotsman, but you're now back um, in Asia. So Mr. Mads Singers, um, who was staying in Glasgow for a while. So Mads, thank you for joining me. How, how are you? Thank you very much, Craig. I'm doing fantastic. I'm sitting here in Asia and yeah, enjoying the heat. I'm not jealous whatsoever. <laughs> um, we are sitting in, I think it's like 10, 9, 10 degrees, pissing the rain. Um, and uh, you, you know it very well anyway, being, you know, staying the last six months in Greenock. So, um, yeah, not jealous at all of you lying about in uh, Vietnam or wherever you are just now, enjoying some of the sunshine. But, uh, yeah, it's good, good to have you on anyway. Um, and um, talk a bit about what you what you're currently doing, what you specialise in, and all of that kind of stuff. Obviously, you've been to the Glasgow meetup and and stuff like that. And I still think guys don't fully understand what it is Mads brings to the table because the people here are so far behind the times. But hopefully. The people on the podcast are a bit more up with the times, and they do actually get what you're what you're doing. But for anyone listening, can you just explain a bit about what you do and what what your core, you know, value is in this industry? Sure. Yeah. So I I work with a lot of SEO companies, and uh, basically what I do, like my 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 key focus, if you will, is really around management coaching, right? And it's really about helping people. Uh, build great teams, uh, scale, and really get the structure in. Because a lot of SEOs, you know, they start out either in affiliate or in the agency world. And, you know, most of them don't have a background managing people. So what very frequently happens is they start the business, suddenly they're surrounded by a bunch of people, but they don't know how to manage them effectively. They don't know how to get the most out of them. And they don't really know, like, what to do to, to scale the business. And that's really where I come in. So... Like I've worked with yeah, some of the biggest SEOs around. So I work with people like Matt Diggity. I work with even the Href guys like Tim So and so on. So I, I work with a lot of the big guys and, and, and really help them, you know, get the right get to the right level of management skill. Um, I just worked with a with a huge guy from from the US uh, last week and basically again helping him put the right frame, the right structure in place find the right people to to sort of manage his operation and so on. And and that's really the the sort of core of what I do, right? Um, I have a I have a great uh, training as well on the management skills, which which are basically called the 8020 of, of people management. Um, and I've built that specifically so people can can up their game, right? And it's like when you can learn SEO, you can learn management. Like getting the reason why most people hate managing staff is because they've never spent time actually learning it. And just like the first 10 seconds you look at SEO, it looks complicated as hell, right? But the more you start knowing, the more you start understanding it, the easier it is. And, and it's the same with management, right? Like fundamentally, management ain't like extremely difficult. 
but there's definitely some basic stuff you need to know. And that's basically the, the sort of basic stuff I go through in my course and really get people up to scratch. And generally what I say, like doing that course, you get better than 90% of the people out there just simply because most people don't invest in it. Yeah, I think, you know, I, I had an agency um, years ago and uh, and it was by pure fluke. It wasn't something I set out to do and I had I really had no clue and no real desire to manage people properly and stuff. But I think when you have that approach where you don't really give a toss, it has a massive negative impact in your business because people are people and they do need managed. And I think that was obviously one of the the kind of failures I had, um, if you like, uh, when I had an agency was not having access to a guy like yourself who could, you know, help me or, you know, implement things uh, within my business that, that would have a bit more structure where I just wanted to be everyone's friend and, and you know, everything else and just have an easy life. And, you know, people like you would probably kill me for, even thinking about having that approach um so i think you know as an seo guy you most guys i'm I'm assuming just stumble across this stuff and build up an agency and that's where the you know guys like you come in because people do struggle to scale they just don't know they're not businessmen they're not business you know they're not thinking like businessmen and they that's something obviously i've started i've I've adapted and, and would consider myself fairly astute business now but um, when I was running an agency I had no clue I didn't even know you know when I was starting an agency that I you know had to get an accountant and pay tax and 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 all that kind of stuff as well it was just a complete minefield I just wanted to make money online and didn't really understand anything else so I think you know having someone like yourself who has that experience and background and knowledge and you know all of the other stuff is is adding massive value and you know you're working with some of the biggest players in the game and um obviously the, the that speaks for itself um i mean are you do you do this kind of stuff online or do these people come to you or do you go to yeah, them so how does it work different models to be honest so like i do a lot of uh, consistent coaching with people where we where we meet a couple of times a, a month and that usually happens online um a lot of the time when people uh, either if they have an office location or a lot of the people I work with obviously have sort of distributed team, but once in a while they basically bring the team together in a location and often I would go work with them at that location, right? Um, so so like at the moment, uh, because it's getting near Chiang Mai, a lot of people is, is bringing some of the executives or sort of high-level team out to, to the Chiang Mai SEO conference. So both before and after the conference, I'm meeting with, with various people to kind of give their team a shake up and, and, and so on. And uh, yeah, that's, that's, that's yeah different models depending on the situation of the clients, right? But basically my focus is to go in, like in, in some cases, as I said, I, I work solely with the owner. In some cases, it's the owner and the management team. It often depends on how big the business is and so on. But what, what, one of the key things for me, right? One of the key things I see happening consistently is people are like, Oh, this guy's great at link building. We have 10 link builders. Tomorrow, he'll be the manager of the link building team. But it's not like he wakes up tomorrow morning and suddenly have management skills, right? So one of, one of the key things for me is really make sure people also invest in the staff they promote. Because one thing is to own skills. But when you promote someone into a new position, 
Like just because they're good at link building doesn't mean they're a good manager. So making sure you actually invest in the people you, you promote into management position is, is one of the sort of pet peeves that I'm really, really keen on I'm pushing people on because it makes such a difference, right? It makes such a big difference. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think you, you're 100% spot on because, you know, you know, guys out there who are good at link building probably know next to nothing about managing other people, you know. You, you just, you know, not I'm not saying Gary Wilson, for example, isn't a good people manager. He's obviously got VAs and stuff, but, you know, he's a young boy and doesn't really have a background in that so you know and and I know he's done consultancy and and obviously has tried to better himself with yourself but just as an example um, I'm using Gary as you know just a a crazy young boy (laughs) who's found himself with VAs and and probably doesn't know how to speak to people properly Um, so I, I take it that's something that, that you work with people on over a period of time. It's not, you, you can't just train someone management skills overnight. How, you know, what is the kind of process for that? You know, is that something you do over like a year or six months or, you know, what, what's yeah, the Yeah, so it's, it's actually a bit of a different click. So different people have different needs, right? They have different team sizes and so on, right? So most mostly, generally I say the clients I've worked with is, uh, like on a coaching level, it's usually people that have at least three staff, right? Because until you have some staff and have experienced some of this stuff, it's often harder to relate to it. So I generally like sort of the one-to-one coaching is usually three staff or more. Obviously, the management course I have, people can buy at any level, right? But 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 sort of the coaching, I, I, I generally focus on people that have at least three staff because that that gives sort of a good foundation of experience and and it's often good to start while you're small because that means you avoid a lot of the problems. A lot of people they come to me when they they have fifteen staff and you know everything's up in the air and everything's fucked up. But then it's often often a lot. More. It takes longer to fix it, and it's a little bit more difficult because you might already have like totally screwed up the relationship with some of your staff and things like that, right? Um, so basically, the engagements look different. So again, some some people like if I get to spend a couple of days with them, like that can make a huge difference, right? And then usually, what would happen is um, I, I would sort of do coaching for for a period of time. Pe- people have different objectives they're trying to reach. Uh, like I've had clients that I've worked with for more than five years and I've had a lot of clients that I work with for maybe three months or six months or something. So it's very, very different depending on what people are trying to do. And again, what skills they bring to the table, how quickly they pick it up and so on. It's, it's very different from person to person. So my, my focus is getting them to a level where, you know, where they're all comfortable and, and where things are moving the right way. Yeah. So, Obviously, when you're dealing with these things, um, you're seeing a lot of the problems in a you know probably a, a frequent basis. What you know, what are the kind of main things that people do wrong when they're managing people? Is it things like they're becoming too friendly with them, too close to them? You know, what are the kind of top three things, for example, where people are just shooting themselves right, in the so foot I'll, right I'll, off the bat? I'll, I'll take it from a slightly different angle. So I'll say the things where people often uh, aren't doing well is number one is they don't actually build a relationship with the staff. And what I mean with that is you don't need to be friends with people, 
but you need to listen to people. You need to treat them as human beings. Like I worked with a client the other week who literally he had worked with a VA for five years and he had never even had a voice conversation with them. Like every throughout five years, he had only been writing on Skype to this VA. And obviously I'm not saying he got no value out of it, but if you have a great employee that will work with you for a long time, if you actually like open Skype, open some video, like get to know the person as a human being, like you can get so much more stuff out of them, right? Like the example, I, I always love the same one, but I, I basically say if, if your friends call you up and say like, hey man, I'm moving on Saturday, can you come help? Like if you help, generally depend on how good a friend they are, right? And it works the same way in business. The better you take care of your staff, the more you know, you listen to them, the more they feel respected, the more they feel valued, the more they're going to do for your business. And and if they feel like, oh, this guy doesn't talk to me, he just, you know, he sends me stuff once in a while, he doesn't really care who I am or my family and that kind of thing. Like, if that's the case, then, like, you're not going to get the same output, right? It's Also, it's the, you know, if, oh, it's 5.01, I'm out the door. Versus, oh, it's 501 and there's still a little bit to do. So I'll finish that off. It takes 10 minutes and then I'm on, right? But, but like, that's the difference. And uh, the, the second thing that I see, and, and probably the biggest issue most people have, is really around delegation, right? Like, effectively delegating both tasks and responsibility. There's so many people on the internet that's like, oh, yeah, you build this process, you give that to someone, and you tell them to press the button two million times a day. And while giving people a process can be helpful, like you need to give them ownership, right? Like you need to you need to make them care because if you just hand people a task and say, hey, do this one thing 7 billion times a day, right? One, they don't know if it goes wrong. They don't like, they, you don't build the care and you don't give them the responsibility to actually take ownership of the tasks, right? And that's, uh, I think that's sort of the second thing I see. And the third thing is probably probably a step back from that is, is really in the recruitment phase, right? Like a lot of SEOs particularly is not great at recruiting, right? They're just not good at it. So that's like one of those things where they can quickly increase their skill set by investing a little bit of time trying to become a little bit better at it, right? Yeah, I think you've probably said a lot of the things that I'm really bad at, like yeah, or was bad at when when I had my agency recruitment. Um, you know, I've actually done a podcast with another guy earlier on, and we were having this discussion in terms of you know problems we've had recruiting in the past and stuff like that. And you know, you literally have half an hour or an hour to make a decision on a person, but this guy. Um, takes people to the pub and gets them to loosen up and spends a bit more time with them because he values, you know, getting to know people better. Um, and I think that was quite, you know, a great angle to hear that that guy actually goes to those lengths when he's looking for new members of staff. He feels that that's a great place to him and takes it that step further with recruitment. Whereas before I was just like, get 10 people in and I'll pick the best one. And Again, that's probably just not yeah, the best attitude uh, I mean, to have. In my training, I go through a lot of this stuff, right? But one, one of the fundamentals is when you're looking at a pool of people, the best one might not be good enough, right? 
Like you, you might have 20 people in your office and none of them caught it. Like, and, and that's a lot of people go down that hole of let's hire the best. But the thing is, if the best you have sitting in front of you isn't good enough, like you, you don't want to hire them. And I mean, again, if you're hiring in the Philippines or if you're hiring somewhere remote from you, obviously taking people to the pub becomes a little bit more difficult, right? But, uh, but yeah, that's definitely, definitely something to be said about it. Like one of the key things for me about recruitment is that it's most people look at it as a fulfillment process, but really recruitment is sales. Most people are like, oh, people should be so happy mm-hmm. to work for me. Here's a job post. I'll put it up online right? Really, if you want the best people, you have to sell your job, right? Like you have to sell your company. Like you, you have to get people coming in the door saying, I don't want a job. I want to work for you. Right. Because like, again, one of the fundamental secrets about recruitment is that the best people are rarely unemployed. Right. If you have really good people, Mm -hmm. they don't sit around unemployed. What most people do is they post on job boards, and generally the people looking on job boards are unemployed. Right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, you, right. so, it makes perfect sense. Uh, one, of the, one of the sort of small secret hacks I used to do this one is uh, LinkedIn, for example, is a great place. And what I do specifically on LinkedIn, or what we do generally with my team, is we would find people with the right skills. So let's say we need someone who do, I don't know, active campaign. Like we would go to LinkedIn, search, you could search for a geographical location and search for active campaign. Then start messaging people and say, hey man, I can see you have experience working with active campaign. We currently have this job opening available. Would you happen to know anyone that would be a good fit? So we don't try and poach people directly mm-hmm. for a few reasons. One is if you just try and poach people, say, are you interested? What will happen is the discussion will very quickly be how much are you paying? And then it just becomes a numbers game, right? With, with a guy mm-hmm. you don't even know. But if you actually say, would you happen to know anyone? Yeah. We get two great responses. One of them is, oh, yeah, I know this guy who would be awesome. And the other great response is, oh, that actually seems interesting to me. But rather, the problem is a little bit when you're headhunting, when someone is being headhunted, they already feel sort of above the process and they feel like, oh, you know, you already contact me. Why do I have to prove myself? Whereas when you do it the other way, you sort of say, hey, we have this job role available. Would you know anyone? It kind of makes them part of the job process as, as anyone else. And, and we don't know at this point in time, you don't know any better anyway, right? But it's a good way to fill your funnel with people who are either recommended by good people or, you know, potentially people that you write to directly that, that shows interest in the job. Yeah. No, it's, it's interesting stuff and it's amazing to hear, you know, even those simple little hacks, it's not until you actually say them, you you make it sound really simple and you, you sometimes, you know, every time I talk to you, I feel like going, Craig, you're a stupid guy. You know, he, what he's saying just is so simple, makes so much sense. But I think, you know, lots of us just don't think the same way that you think. And um, yeah, as I say, it's it's massive. Um, and, and, you know, when you say it, you can see why it works so well. But a question I've got for you, you know, for anyone listening going, 
Mads talks a lot of sense and all that kind of stuff. Now, I know you look like you're 75, but you're a relatively young guy, according to um, <laughs> to the driving license that you showed me. And, uh, you know, so where, where did you learn all this stuff? Because obviously you're mid-30s and, uh, you know, you talk like a... And I don't mean any disrespect by this, but, you know, you talk like a guy who's got so much more experience in business. Um, and I know you've came from IBM, which is obviously massive, massive company. Is that something that they trained you at a very young age? You know, how did you come to understand and learn all this it, it, stuff? It's, or it's where a longer does story, it come from? Long story short, like when, when, when I was younger, my, my ideal job, I wanted to be a computer guy, right? And what happened was when I turned 18, I got a job working in Ireland for a, a company called Xerox. And basically what happened within a few months, like I got mm -hmm. the most amazing manager and, and my mindset in, in probably two to three months, my mindset went from, I want to be a computer guy. So I want to do what she does kind of thing. And uh, I was, to, mm -hmm. to put it politely, I was fed up with school. I, I'd left IT education I was in the middle of because I learned nothing. And, you know, school is like you have to follow the slowest students class and all that stuff. So it, it was a total waste of time. But um, but what happened was that, like, I, I got this great manager and I basically got super freaking inspired. And similar to what a lot of people do with SEO, to be honest. So I, I literally sat down and I'm like, I'm not going to school, but I want to do this management thing. How do I get there? And I literally ended up uh, doing a ridiculous amount of self-development. Like for, for about 10 years, I would read a book a week. I would do all these various online courses. I would uh, find mentors. I would, I would literally spend, like, I would literally walk up to people in the company who were in management and say, hey, my shift finished at 4 o'clock. Can I come and sit and look what you do like an hour or two after work? Like just sit and do look at what you what management stuff you do and so so i got i got totally gung-ho into management and and I, after a couple of years I, I managed to move into to sort of various management rules and basically that's yeah i, I continued my self-development like crazy i even paid out of my own pocket to go to various management seminars and stuff and and, and I, I totally i i know not many people in their 1920s do that kind of thing, but uh, that was my stuff, and that was that was really what what yeah what turned me on in that regard, right? And uh, that was that was how I got to to where I am. And and I mean, I, I remember one of the one of the first meetings I, I joined IBM in Scotland um, after about five or six years, and and I remember one of the management meetings, right, where you know I was sitting there, I was probably mid twenties or so, and you know everyone else in the room was like in 40s early 50s um and it was an interesting experience but but uh, yeah i mean def definitely from my point of view you you learn a lot from working with big corporations because there's a lot of one there's a lot of people around to manage there's a lot of um you know there's a lot of system there's a lot of frameworks so they have a lot of that stuff but uh, but honestly majority of my knowledge is, is come from self-development right like just like most SEOs learn SEO, right? They they read some stuff, they do some courses, they you know they test, 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 and that that was one of the things that like that was what corporate was for me it was an amazing test ground for actually testing out some of all this stuff. 
um, interesting, and it's obviously interesting that you talk about self development, and and it's obviously something you still do to a certain degree. You know, you still attend conferences and um, you know meet up <laughs> meetups and everything else. That obviously you're not being paid for, um, and obviously it's all part of a learning experience. And I think people don't fully value um, the self development side of things. You know, for me. Over the years, and and even to this day, I spend tens of thousands of pounds a year going to you know all over the world, um, you know, and learning and talking to guys like you or Diggity or you know any of the other guys over in Asia or guys over in America, um, and you know it's constantly developing, and you know even you know ticket prices to go to some of these masterminds and stuff people will go fuck you know i'm not paying a thousand pound to sit with guys in a mastermind and you know i keep telling people don't have that mindset it's absolutely ludicrous because um, you have to invest in yourself and you know you've probably spent quarter of a million bucks you know if not more on self-development so um, and it's obviously paying off and it's paid off massively for you because you've got all these guys now coming to you saying Mads, you're the man to help me out, you know. So I think you're one of those examples where you're not um, academically, you know, you didn't go to university to learn this stuff. It's just, you know, a different route. Yeah, I'll, I'll say, to see first of all, I'll say if I'd only spent a quarter of a million, I'd be a rich guy right now. But uh, <laughs> but, but no, totally. I mean, one of the things you learn in management and one of the things you learn just generally in business is, networking is probably the number one most important thing you do right and, and for me like i'll go people are like oh this conference is shit and i'm like i'm sure it is and i'm sure there's some awesome people lurking around that's why i go there right like i, I don't go and necessarily listen to a bunch of speakers and stuff like that sometimes there's great speakers don't get me wrong but 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 i'm there to meet people Right, like I'm there to network with people, get to know people, because that that's how you build. Like, if I want to build a new company tomorrow, right? Like, if I'm if I had to hire twenty amazing staff tomorrow, I have them. Like, I have them in the back of my head. I have them in my network already, right? And, and this is one of the things. Like, when I work with clients, right? Sometimes, like, I was literally, I think it was yesterday or the day before, I was literally sitting in a meeting with coaching a client through a full day and it's like, yeah, I really need this guy and I really need this guy. And literally, I would say two phone calls and a little bit later, he had those guys on his team, right? I, I know so many people in the mm -hmm. industry everywhere and and when people need, like, are looking for staff, like, I, I'm not saying I can always have someone that fits them perfectly, right? But but the whole point is that, like, I, I built such a big network because whatever you're trying to achieve, having a huge network just makes that like infinitely easier. Like when you're launching a podcast, having a big network, pushing it around, amazing, right? If you're launching a new platform, a new business, whatever, like having that network just makes it so much easier. And that's that's where a lot of SEOs go wrong. You know, they're, they're sort of sitting at home in their cave, not really talking to anyone. You know, it's a shame because it's holding them back. Right, like most SEOs, it's like, oh well, I want to build this business. I hope to have five staff in like five years' time. But but they're growing so slow. Like if you want to see some of the the guys that knows business, like they'll build a twenty people, forty people agency in in a year or two, right? I'm not saying agencies necessarily right or wrong, 
But I'm just saying, like, when you have the right networks, then, like, even things like getting clients, like, I, I probably have five, six referrals coming to my inbox every single day, right? Because I've worked with a lot of people. I know a ton of people. Yeah. And I've, I've so many people popping up my inbox. And you know what that does? That means I can pick the clients I want to work with, right? And, like, that's amazing. Like, if most SEO yeah. companies had it that way, if they're not like, oh, Tom from Tom's Auto Trader, whatever it's calling, he, he, you know, I'll charge him 500 bucks a month and do some SEO and, and all that crap. They do it because they have no option, right? No one else is calling them. But the whole point about networking, the point about knowing people is the fact that, you know, if you're a good guy, if you do what you say you're going to do, like people is going to refer you. And, and like uh, what, one of the good examples, like Matt put out an, an article uh, in the end of last year where he said, um, like basically purchasing my service was like best investment he had done in 2018, right? And I, I probably got about 100 emails uh, in, a, in a very, very short span of time, right? But again, like that happens to other people. Like honestly, for, for the first five years of my business, I didn't even have a website. Like I didn't need it. <laughs> Um, nah, I think you you know what you do and something that sticks in my head obviously um, when we met up a few times in Glasgow when you were over here was that you take the time out to talk to the guys that meet up so you know the guys that are lurking around in the background and stuff um, and that's something that stuck with me I'm going this guy you know does take time and you said that you know you take time to go and talk to every single person and people will come away going He's actually a nice guy, um, and you know that works wonders for you as a as a business. And you know everywhere, <coughs> everywhere I go, I hear people saying, "Yeah, Mads, this, Mads, that. Go to Mads for this. Go to Mads for that." And um, and that in itself is going to beat any website that's out there, you know, and and the rankings and everything else because. You know, as you say, you're you're doing what you say you're going to do, and you help people, and you know, you you, you know you've helped um, some of the biggest in the business and stuff like that. And obviously, it's all about networking with those right guys. So obviously, all your training, self development, time networking, and everything else clearly works massively. And I think again, it comes down to mindset because previously, before I started doing the whole speaking thing and networking and everything else was I used to not want to speak to people like you because in case you stole my ideas or whatever, I just had this thing where we were all rivals um, and we you know we don't network, we don't go for beers together because you might steal my idea and go and do some lead gen on you know some roofers' websites or whatever the hell I would have been doing at that time. So I think you need to quickly snap out of that and we can all make money together. And help yeah, each other, yeah, I, I totally which I think a lot that, of people right? don't understand. Like the world is a big place, right? And and no, like in SEO particularly, no one have a magic bullet, right? No one have a magic niche. No one have a like. If you're good at SEO, like you can make money in like local. You can make money in global. You can make money in like affiliate or whatever, right? Uh, and, and yeah, I'm not saying like show everyone in the whole world your website, right? But the whole thing is, if you want to grow, if you want to learn, like if you find some like-minded, smart people, you sit down and look at their website and give them some feedback and they look at your stuff and give you some feedback. 
Like that's the best way to learn and grow, right? Because like fundamentally, like we don't all know everything. Like I don't know everything. Every time I, I meet people like Jonathan Kipush, for example, is, is, a, is a very interesting guy. I, I love talking management with him. And I do it like not because I fucking know everything, but because, you know, like I'm like, maybe this guy knows something I don't. Maybe he have like a golden nugget that I don't have yet, right? Like that's what I'm keen talking about. Yeah, it's, I think in this industry in particular, you you don't know what you don't know. And you're always thinking that someone's got something secret there. <laughs> and you're always trying to unravel it and, you know, talk to people and say, is this, you know, am I doing everything the wrong way? Is there something I'm, you know, a tool or a, you know, a, from an SEO point of view I'm talking about, like, is this guy got some weird ass tool that does all this stuff that, you know, the magic potion or whatever it's going to be you just don't know where you're at and that's the the funny thing <laughs> about this industry and it's funny that you you know you mentioned Jonathan Kickbush and you know I don't you know Jonathan Kickbush great guy and stuff but I get the same kind of feeling from guys that I've looked at over the years like Diggity, Matthew Woodward and all that and you're going are these guys actually doing something else that I don't know about Um and yeah, it's very interesting trying to unravel the mess, but I think we're all doing the same stuff. Maybe, you know, a couple of wee tricks here and there we're missing out on, but it's fun um, certainly picking people's brains and trying to add that to your repertoire, if you like. But over and above the whole management thing, which you clearly do very well, um, are you still doing the kind of helping people find VAs and all that kind of stuff? Is that still a main focus for you? Sorry, I, I started uh, doing coaching about seven years ago. And what I quickly realized was that a lot of people were not very good at finding staff, right? So what I, what I did was I started out an outsourcing company, right? And right now that pretty much runs without me. So we have about 130 people that works uh, primarily with SEO businesses and e-commerce businesses. And basically, we, we basically help people find amazing staff and then basically help them staff up, right? Because so many people really struggle to find the staff and they really struggle to with, with that sort of foreign culture and so on, right? So we help, we help with the management and so on. And basically... When people work with us, they basically just need to show people what to do and how to do it, right? We deal with all the personal shit. We deal with all the, oh, my computer's not working. You know, my internet is from 1943 and all that sort of stuff. Uh, and we basically just help them get shit done, right? Because for most business owners, they end up spending so much time getting getting into the nitty-gritty of, oh, my grandma is in a hospital and life sucks and like they all that sort of stuff, right? Whereas, whereas really with the outsourcing business, we try and sort of take all that stuff away from the clients so they just have to focus on what to do and how to do it, right? And we, yeah, we work with, a, again, a lot of very, very big SEO companies and and uh, it, it, it's, it's really a good way to get started with outsourcing and it's really a good way to sort of... Um, yeah, get moving with it, right?
Yeah, and and just to be clear um, for anyone listening, Mads does actually do the interview process of these VAs and everything. Um, literally everything is done for you. Um, you know, and, and I think that's something that maybe you uh, don't talk about as much, Mads. You know, you kind of downplay it, saying, "Yeah, come to us and we do this great job." But you know, I think you you undersell. You know, the whole interview process alone interviewing VAs and you know is probably 10 hours worth of work right there um and you guys are obviously doing that all day every day and taking that crap away from the the business owners and uh, I think it's a massively valuable service because even things like posting a job on like onlinejobs.ph for a guy in the UK to even start posting a job it costs you 60 bucks to just join online jobs .ph before you even sift through the candidates and talk to people and all that kind of stuff. So, um, you know, there's, there's always that. You've got to value your time um, wisely um, as well as a business owner and delegate that stuff out as well to people like yeah. you who yeah, and, and, and are specialists and, like, and it's not just that, finding actually, those people. What most people find frustrating is when they post a job and then they get, you know, 35 emails in the mailbox with different resumes and how the hell do you compare them and how the hell do you figure out who to talk to and because if you're going to try and talk to 35 people that is a lot of time and scheduling and planning and so on right (laughs) yeah it's just a big fat pain in the ass Um, but um, no it's good to hear that um, that's still going strong as well Um, and obviously I just wanted to point that out to anyone listening if you are looking to get VAs and stuff that you do have a service that is available to to help um, with that as well and I know a lot of guys um, over the years have used you for that kind of stuff and speak very highly of it Um, so um, so you're going. So finally, before Every we year. go, um, Shanghai SEO. You're going there again this year. Every year, um, yeah. I'm, I'm not going to make it this year, sadly. Um, but I'm going to have massive FOMO. One of the one of the best um, events out there, and not just for the networking, just the whole atmosphere and everything else is something else i'm going to miss drinking out of your bucket um so um and every and all the other kind of crazy carry uh, on that's no going, i'm actually gonna um, be going over yeah, there I'll so be in two as well uh, i actually have three different clients that are that are sort of getting the teams together prior to to chiang mai so i'm actually going to be very busy working with them before the conference and then i'll i'll go straight into the conference after that Now, doing the conference, there will always be buckets. So so no buckets this year? Is that what you're saying? <laughs> and for anyone who doesn't know what a bucket is, um, when I met Mads in Chiang Mai last year, he was walking about literally with a, a white bucket full of vodka, rum, and every other alcoholic um drink possibly poured into this one bucket and he was drinking it out of a straw. Um, Mind-blowing stuff, but 
it seemed like a lot of fun and tasted like a lot of fun as well. But it's probably one of the reasons it took me a month to oh, oh, one, recover. One, one, one after of the key that things trip. for me is obviously efficiency. And, and the problem is when you have energy. 800 people standing <laughs> at a bar, it takes a long time to get in there. So when you get there, you might as well fill up the bucket. So, yeah. Do you know what? That That is another wise move. And again, very simple, but I didn't actually think about it that way. I was one of those stupid guys walking back backwards and forwards to the bar, fighting and elbows and all of that kind of stuff, trying to get into the, the bars there. So another tip that you have that's ingenious. But we are sadly out of time, Mads. Just quickly before you go, if anyone does want to get a hold of you, to yeah, so uh, talk my to website, you know, or, or anything else that you start. So the, the, the best place to get management training is in the tab called Management Academy, uh, and that actually right now there's actually a bonus where you get the, the the training itself plus a free coaching session for just nine 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 seven. So that's a, a great offer. And then uh, yeah, my my email and is there as well and basically you can find me on all the social media so mass singers either facebook uh, linkedin whichever tool you like yeah and i'll make sure we have the, the i'll show you we add everything to the show notes and so on so whatever and that's yeah um, I'll certainly put your a link to your website and stuff um, under the podcast. Um, one last they little bit: if people can't but, get hold of you on Facebook, really have you potentially here. blocked them? Um, like you done with me? <laughs> but no, no, no on a serious note um, thank you very much for taking the time to come on Mads it's been a pleasure as always cheers